This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning, everybody. And uh, wow, you're getting in right on the, uh, the front end of a brand new series that we're going to be teaching on for the next four to six weeks. And, and uh, just, just truthfully, I can't think of anything more important than learning to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Before we get into the message, the Lord just impressed on my heart during praise and worship that there's some, there's some people here, it could be one or two or three or four or, or more, that if you would open your heart this morning, God would work on you, work in you, and restore you. You're away from God. You have no fire in you. You have no life in you. And uh, he said, he just spoke to my heart. He said, they just opened their heart this morning. He said, I would, I would restore them. I'd restore them. That doesn't mean that you're into anything terrible. It just means that you've gotten away from God. You're not, you're not fired up for God. And uh, you're miserable. Your spouse is miserable. Everybody gets around you is miserable. Just sounds like you're some walking good news. <laughs> but he said, if you'll just open your heart, he said, I'll restore you this morning. Nobody needs to know who, nobody needs to know it's you. Just, just as you're sitting there this morning, just open your heart and receive from God, okay? And if you'll do that, he'll go to work in you. So I'm, I'm excited about this series. And uh, let me ask a question. How many of you in here have ever made some bad decisions before that, that puts you on a bad direction that had a bad destination to it. Anybody in here? You know, here's the deal. Decisions determine direction. Direction determines your destination, right? So anytime that you and I make a decision, whatever it is, it puts us on a course. It puts us on a path. That path has an end to it. That past has a destination to it. And so we'll either end up where we want to be or we'll end up where we don't want to be. But it all comes back to a decision that was made. Here's the thing. You and I in and of ourselves are not smart enough or not wise enough to make the right decisions. We need help. And thankfully, we have a helper. We have someone who desires to help us make the right decisions so that we can be on the right path, so that we can wind up at the right destination, right? And so we have a helper. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in this series, the guide inside. And uh, thank God we have a, we have a guide we have somebody who wants to guide us. How many of you have ever been on a, a, an African safari? Anybody ever been on an African safari or anything? Nobody in here? Anybody want to go on an African safari? How many of you want to go by yourself? I mean, with no guide. Anybody in here, you, you, want, to, you want to wade out into the jungle with no guide? Anybody in here? Nobody here. Why? If you, because if you're going to do something like that, you want somebody who's experienced, right, to lead the way, to show you where to go, to show you where not to go. I mean, I mean, the last thing that you want to do is get in the path of a herd of elephants, right? I mean, that's the last thing that you want to do. And so, uh, no, you want a guide. I, I, you know, when Tammy and I got married, we, we had our honeymoon in the Virgin Islands. And uh, one of the things that we did is we went on this this boating excursion. So we got on this boat and we went over to this, I, I forgot the place it's called, but we went to swim with the sea turtles. And so uh, we got on a boat with about 15 or 20 other people and, and we had a guide on the boat. And so he's going to show us where to swim, where not to swim, because the last thing you want to do swimming in the ocean is to go where the sharks live, right? Which is in the ocean. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we, we, we got on this boat and we went out to this this island and and we're gonna swim with these turtles and so we all had our snorkel gear on and 
and had our fins and our mask and our snorkel, and we get into the water. And, and so our guide, he's leading us out to where we're going to swim with the turtles and around these coral reefs, and just it's beautiful, really. And uh, Tammy's not a huge fan of the water, so I had to kind of talk her in, let's do this. And, and so we did it. And so on the way back, our guide, he was, he was guiding us back to the boat. I mean, that's what he's supposed to do, right? And he's guiding us back to where our boat is because you had to swim probably, you know, three or four hundred yards back to the boat. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm swimming. I've got my face underwater. Tammy's got her head above the water. Well, we stop and look up and I see that the guide, he's, he, he's got, he, he raised his hand. He's got this huge jellyfish. It's just kind of, and he's kind of waving around. He said, don't worry about it. Just swim. There's a few. Just swim around them. So, all right. Easy enough. And then I put my face back in the water and looking through my mask, there wasn't a few jellyfish. There were thousands of jellyfish. I, I mean, you couldn't, there, you couldn't, and he's still swim. you can't swim around these things. There were thousands of them. And so I'm thinking to myself, as I'm swimming underwater and I'm trying to zigzag and avoid, you can't, I'm getting stung. I can feel myself getting stung. And I'm thinking, if Tammy looks under the water, She's going to drown. And I'm going to try to save her, and she's going to drown me. And so I said, oh, Jesus, please don't let her look under the water, because, I mean, there were thousands of them. And, and I got back on that boat. Everybody stung, and, you know, and, and, and I'm thinking, man, that guy wasn't very good. He, he, didn't very, he didn't do a very good job of guiding us. Here's the point. In life, most of where you're going, you haven't seen before. Your life from today into the future is uncharted territory. You haven't been that way before, right? And so you and I, and, and where you're going to wind up is going to be based on the decisions that you make today. Who do I marry? Where do I go to school? What is my career? Do I buy this house? Do I buy this car? You, you've got a, a whole lot of decisions that you're going to have to make and these decisions determine direction. And this direction will determine your destination, your destiny, where you're going to wind up. So if you want to wind up where you want to wind up, guess what? you got to make the right decisions that puts you on the right direction, right? That's eventually going to get you to the right destination. So you got to make the right decisions. Again... You and I aren't wise enough to make the right decisions because we don't know what tomorrow is. We don't know what we don't know the obstacles that we'll face tomorrow. We don't know the hurdles that we'll face tomorrow. We don't know all the you know. And, and man, wouldn't it be great if life was just this, just this? I mean, wide open, straight highway with no hills. No valleys. I mean, you can just see 20 miles down the road. Wouldn't that be nice? But how many of you know that, that life is not like that? Life is more like the hills and the valleys and going around the mountains and, you know, going over the mountains and going through the mountains. And so it's, it's just uncharted. And so we need help. And thank God we've got a helper. We have a helper in the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you this morning about him. Him, the helper. Him, the Holy Spirit. You know, when, a lot of times when, when people talk about the Holy Spirit, they really leave people spooked. They, I mean, and, and if I were to really, if, if I were to get King James on you this morning, we wouldn't talk about the Holy Spirit. We'd talk about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> We'd talk about the Holy Ghost. And so then, you know, people get even a little more ghost, and people get a little bit spooky, holy, holy ghost. Or we used, when we were, you know, holy ghost. And then you get Pentecostal, holy ghost. <laughs> but he's referred to as the Holy Ghost, depending on if you're reading King James, that's old English word. And it just seems like spirit. Holy Spirit. God is a spirit. John 4 says that God is a spirit. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. You 
and I are a spirit. Paul prayed in, over in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. So God is a spirit. You are a spirit. Holy Spirit's a spirit, right? And a lot of times when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, people refer to him as it, as an it. Well, the Holy Spirit, it, did this. The Holy Spirit, it, did that. Oh, I could really feel it in the room. Let me ask you, how blessed would you be if you came walking through those doors and we go, oh, there it is. <laughs> how, how blessed would you be if, if, if you were referred to as an it? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. You're either a him or you're an her, right? But not an it. That purse is an it. The chair you're sitting on is an it. But not you. You're a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. So he can't be. He doesn't, there's no, you can't see him. In order to be a person, you don't have to see. It just means you've got personality. Does the Holy Spirit have personality? Yeah, he's got emotions. He can be grieved. He can be angered. He can be happy. He can be joyful. He's a person. And Jesus referred to him to the Holy Spirit as a he, as a him, over and over and over again. So he's not breath. I've heard sometimes preachers refer to the Holy Spirit as breath. The Holy Spirit is not breath. He's not an impersonal force. He is a person that you can get to know. Matter of fact, Paul prayed that the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit would be with all of us. Well, you can't get to be friends with an it. I know some people, they try to, you know, they, they think they can have a relationship like that with their car. They call car baby or honey or they got names for the cars. But you can't have a relationship with your car. You can't have fellowship with your car. You can't have a friendship with your car. But you can with a person. And the Holy Spirit is a person. I want us to just look at a couple of scriptures this morning because I, I, I really want, I want us to focus in on something this morning and just kind of lay the groundwork. And over the next few weeks, we're just going to kind of do a deep dive into this. But if you'll turn in your Bibles with me to John, the 16th chapter. And I, you know, I do encourage you to, you know, we have electronic Bibles and that's great. But, you know, you need to have a Bible that you can mark in, that you can, you can go back and you can find stuff in. You can find it. So in John, the 16th chapter, I want to just, I want to pray, and then I want to read so a few portions of Scripture. Because I believe that if we, will, if, if we will get this, and the revelation of it, not just the head knowledge of it, but the revelation of it would just open up on the inside of us, and we could live and walk in the consciousness that, that He, the guide, is in us. Man, I think it would just make all the difference in the world in our life. I don't think there's anything more important than being able to hear from God and then doing what he says. And when I mean hearing from God, I use that in a general sense. I don't mean that you hear a voice. You, you shouldn't try to hear a voice. You shouldn't hunger to hear a voice. You shouldn't lust to hear a voice. We'll get into this more and more, but um, I, I've heard God speak what I thought would be audible about two times in my life. But thousands of times... Has he guided me in other ways? Thousands of times. And he'll do the same with you. And it's not spooky at all. Matter of fact, he's endeavoring to do it every day, and you and I are probably missing it more than we're getting it. I mean, it's so subtle that we just pass it off, don't pay attention to it, and he's, he, and he's there trying to help us all the time. So in John, the 16th chapter, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you that the, for the Holy Spirit, our teacher, who unveils the word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. John 16 and verse 13. Notice what Jesus said. 
He said, however, when he, everybody say he. he. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Everybody say, he will guide me. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will show you things to come. He will tell you things to come. He will show you things to come. So notice what Jesus said again. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. Now, back one, a couple of chapters to John, the 14th chapter, verse 16, Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So I want you to notice that in John 16, he said, he will guide you into all truth. And right here, Jesus said, when he comes, not only will he be with you, but he will be in you. And so this is where we get the title of our message series, The Guide Inside. Not the guide outside. Not the guide floating around impersonal force somewhere. The guide inside. Everybody say it when we say the guide inside. He's in us. So Jesus, he said, he said look, I'm going to give you another helper. Now, Jason, if I were to give you another candy bar, well, that would mean that I'd already had to give you one before, but I'm going to give you another, right? And so Jesus said, I'm going to give you another helper. I'm going to give you, and, and that phrase there, another helper, means one exactly like me. And not, 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 not something different than what you've experienced, but something exactly like you've experienced. I want you to think about this. The disciples had been with Jesus for three and a half years. I mean, they had a question, they asked him. They had a need, they went to him. They needed provision, they went to him. They needed miracles, they went to him. They needed some direction, they went to him. Right? And so Jesus said, look, I'm, he said, I'm going to give you another helper. I'm going to give you one just like me. And when he comes, not only is he going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. I've often heard people say, you know, man, it must have been awesome to be one of the disciples of Jesus. They, they, they walked with Jesus, and, and they were with him, and, and they were sitting around the campfire and eating fish with him, and it must have been awesome to be one of the disciples. But yet Jesus said, it would be more profitable for you that I go away, because if I go away, I'm going to send back another helper. He said, I'm going to send back the Holy Spirit to you, and not only is he going to be with you like I am with you, you think about this. Jesus, he could spend, he, you couldn't, if, if you were a disciple of Jesus, you couldn't have his undivided attention, Melissa, 24-7. He's one man in one body. So he had to spend some time with Peter, and he had to, had to spend some time with Luke, and he had to spend some time with Mark, and he had to spend some time with Philip. And, and so he could only spend time, really, one person at a time if you just want to just dedicate a conversation. But think about this. Now the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. We've got his undivided attention 24-7. So Jesus said, it's to your advantage, it's to your profit that I go away. For if I go away, I'll send the comforter, the helper back to you. And he's not going to just be, he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. So you see, we got it better than what they had it. We got it better. Oh, no, it'd been better if Jesus, been, if we could just walk with Jesus. No, he said it's better right now. Because you got another one just like him in you. In you. And boy, if, we could, if, if this revelation, if this truth would just register not just on our head, not just in our mind, but register in our hearts that the, that the Holy Spirit, the greater one, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. If we had a revelation that the greater one lives in us, you're talking about all fear just subsiding. I mean, that we would never, we'd never have another anxious moment. We wouldn't entertain thoughts of doubt and inferiority. I mean, you, you think you've got God living on the inside of you. Yeah. You're a powerhouse. 
You're a powerhouse. Amen. And so uh, Jesus, he said that this guide, he said you've got a guide on the inside. You've got a guide on the inside of you. So if decisions determine direction and direction determines destination and you don't know how to make the decisions, guess what? The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything and he is in you all the time. All the time. All the time he's in you. And what does he want to do? He wants to guide you into all truth. What does he want to do? He wants, you, he wants to lead you along the best path for your life. What does he want to do? He wants you to lead you into God's plans and purposes for your life. That's what he wants to do. What's he want to do? He wants to lead you into life that's more abundant. What's he want to do? He wants to lead you into healing. He wants to lead you into prosperity. He wants to lead you to the right partner. He wants to lead you into the right business. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. Amen. So how many have ever made dumb decisions before? You know what that means? Wasn't listening to him. Right? <clears throat> If you ever, and we all have, if we've ever made a bad decision, it's because we didn't listen to him. That we were not guided by him. We were guided by something else. We were led by something else. We made our decision based on something else. This happens, people getting married. This happens, people buying stuff, doing stuff. It happens all the time. And people wonder why they're so lifeless and so scattered and no sense of purpose and no sense of direction. It's because they quit or never started letting the guide guide them. Y'all doing okay? Say the guide inside. Well, if the guide is inside, how is he going to guide you? Is he going to guide you externally? Or is he going to guide you internally? If he's in you, his guidance is going to come from within, not from without. This is so important. And I know most, most people in here, especially if you've been around churches that teach this, you, you would quickly agree in your head, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. But how often do we make decisions based on external factors? Or make decisions based on Internal factors that are not the Spirit of God. You see, you, you got to realize you are a spirit. You have a soul which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, before I go any further, y'all remind me right where I am. Y'all put a bookmark right there, okay? And if I ask you where was I, y'all said you were talking about the emotions, okay? Y'all remember that? Y'all got a bookmark there? Okay. Romans, the eighth chapter, and I don't want to get into this too much, but I do need to get into it just a little bit. Romans, the eighth chapter, in verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. So, children of God, those who have been born again, those who have received Christ, children of God can and should expect to be led, guided by the Spirit of God. We can expect it. We should expect to be led and guided by the Spirit of God. Well, if we are to be led and guided by the Spirit of God, how's he going to do this? Is he going to do this externally? Or is he going to do this internally? 
Notice verse 16. He said, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So this is what we need to know. You need to realize when it comes to you, there is an inward man and there is an outward man. The inward man consists of your spirit and your soul. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, and emotions. The outward man's easy to identify. It's that, one, it's, it's that part of you that you look at in the mirror every morning. You've got to comb its hair. You've got to wash it. You've got to feed it. You've got to work it out. <laughs> or we should work it out. That's the outward man. The outward man is this tent, it's this body, it's this house that, that houses your spirit and your soul. One of these days, this house, this body is going to die. It is going to return to dust. But the spirit and the soul, which are different, live on. So I said, well, we know each other when we get to heaven. Well, do you know each other now? You're going to be the one that's there, not something else. You're going to be there. Not something else, not somebody else. You'll have memory. You'll have thought. You'll have memory of the past. Why? Because memory is not a function of the brain. Memory is a, with the brain is part of your physical body. Memory is a function of the mind. The mind and the brain are not the same. The mind is spiritual. The brain is physical. So your mind, your will, and emotions, and your spirit, yeah, you'll still have all. You'll, you'll have those. So he says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the, they are the children of God. And he said, the Spirit himself bears witness... With what? Bears witness with what? Verse 16, y'all help me. Bears witness with what? Our spirit, not our soul, our spirit. The part of you that's born again bears witness through our spirit that we are the children of God. This gives us a huge, huge key is how God guides us, how he leads us. Not with voices. I mean, you know, and you can have a vision. You may or may not have a vision your whole lifetime. If you have a vision, it doesn't make you more spiritual. It might make you, it might be a, a sign that you're more dumb. <laughs> it, might be a, it might be a sign that you're just slow. Some of you didn't like that. Okay. I'm kidding about that, but you, you realize this. Just because you have a, a vision, and it's spectacular, it's demonstrative. I've had visions. I've had dreams. The thing about it is when you have a vision from God, a dream for God, I mean, if you don't know exactly what it is, it probably wasn't from God. And so I've had visions and, and, and dreams, and I've known it. I mean, I've known it instantly. I know exactly what this is. But that is not the primary way that God's going to lead you. You may or may not ever, ever, ever have an experience that's spectacular. Doesn't mean that you're unspiritual. God didn't tell you that he's going to lead you that way. He said, oh yeah, he said that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters are going to prophesy and your young men see vision, your old men dream dreams. That's very general. He didn't say you. But what he did say about you for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. you got him in you 24-7, 365 days out of the year. Amen. He's in you, and what's he want to do? He wants to lead and guide you. So here's the deal. He leads and he guides us internally, not externally. Yes. And most people, 
most people, and I've had the opportunity to really just kind of drill down into it, people thinking they heard from God on something, I've had the opportunity to just drill down into it and question. I mean, I'm not a few people, many, many people. Most people won't give me a satisfactory answer. Well, I just feel like, or I just asked God, and you know, one person, they told me, said, well, I just told the Lord, if, if, if this is you, if this is your will, you know, just let five red cars come by. <laughs> is that internal guidance? <laughs> no, that's external. I mean, the devil can send five red cars by. And whether or not five cars come by or not, that does not that's not going to determine if it's the will of God or not. Are you listening? That's called putting out a fleece. People do that because of something that happened with Gideon. Gideon didn't have the Spirit of God in him. He wasn't born again. He didn't have the guide inside. He prayed, Lord, if this is you, let me wake up in the morning and let all the ground around me be wet, but my mat be dry. He woke up and all the ground was wet and the mat was dry. Well, that wasn't good enough. All right, he said, Lord, let me try it again. When I wake up in the morning, let, let the mat be wet and the ground be dry. So he woke up, mat was wet and the ground was dry. And he, thought, he said, well, that's the Lord. God doesn't lead us like that anymore. That's external guy. You see, the, the enemy, the devil can do external things. I mean, he can, he, can, he can put a door up there and lock a door and make it hard on you. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Are you listening? So, he says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God, and the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Had a conversation not too long ago with someone. They were, they were uh, decided they were going to leave our church, which is fine. I know people. Sometimes people are here for a season. As a pastor, you know, I, I like to think that that we are people's final destination. But I realize that sometimes we're just part of the journey. Right. On the other hand, I think people, more people than not miss God and so this person said when my Holy Spirit told me I said wait 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 your Holy Spirit <laughs> I said I don't know if I've ever heard that phrase for your Holy Spirit told you what do you mean your Holy Spirit one thing you need to understand about the Holy Spirit you don't possess him He's to possess you. You don't own him. He is to own you. You're bought with a price. And you're not your own. Right? And so anyway, and, and maybe they were trying to make a different point, but it didn't seem like it. What you need to realize, your spirit and the Holy Spirit are not the same thing. <laughs> there's your spirit, and then there's the Holy Spirit. And they're not the same. Holy Spirit is God. You're not. Don't, don't you think that would be important for us to realize? <laughs> that I'm not God? So, my Holy Spirit said, and 
you know, the thing is, I have the Holy Spirit too. And you can train yourself. This is so important. I know I'm going slow, but we got, you know, this can be the difference between life and death. This can be the difference between you marrying the right person or the wrong person. Taking the right job. It, it, can make, it can make a huge difference. And so I have the Holy Spirit too. And so, and, and I'm still learning, which is one reason we're teaching this, because I want to learn more. But when, when, people, when, when somebody says something like that, immediately I check down on the inside. How does that sit on the inside? How does that affect me down here? He said, why are you putting your hand on your belly? Because Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 37, he said, if any of you thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit. Which gives us an indication. He said, out of your innermost being, right, you know, and, and that's, where, that's where it is. That's where that witness is. It's right down here. It's not up here. It's right down here. You've experienced this. You've experienced this when you were making a wrong decision. In the natural, it didn't seem like a wrong decision. It seemed very smart. But down here, something just wasn't right. How many of you know that hindsight's 2020? There's something better than hindsight, though. There's foresight. But you can't have foresight by yourself. You've got to have the Holy Spirit showing you things to come. That's better than learning by experience. And so I have the Holy Spirit too. So when, when, you know, when somebody says something like that to me, I check down here. And so this person said that and said, mm, this isn't right. This just isn't right. They're missing God. Now, let me just say, I'm not talking about Chris and Jennifer. Okay. You don't want anybody. <laughs> who's he, who's he talking about? <laughs> I'm not talking about them, all right? I'm not talking about them. Just need to get that out because somebody be wandering, wandering, okay. So the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. He bears witness. So guidance comes from the inside. It comes from the inside. You know, the whole book of Acts, the whole book of Acts was written as a response to inward guidance. Luke, Luke, received, Luke wrote, the, he, he wrote the gospel of Luke, but he also wrote the whole book of Acts. And he wrote the whole book of Acts out of a response to an inward leading. Now you would think something as important as having a whole historical account of the church published in the Bible and kept and protected for thousands of years, something that important, surely Luke would have had to seen a vision, seen an angel, Jesus appeared to him after his resurrection. Surely you'd think it's like, but that's not the way it happened. Matter of fact, Luke said it like this in Acts chapter 1. Let me find it. In verse 1, he said, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to and teach until the day in which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit he had given commands to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them 40 days and 40 nights. And I don't know what scripture I'm looking for, but. <laughs> Somebody help me. I'm panicking. I'm sweating. 
maybe it was in Luke that he wrote, but he was talking about the book of Acts. He said, and it seemed good to me. Luke wrote the whole book of Acts on it seemed good to me. And you know what inward guidance is? Some of y'all are looking for that scripture when you find it. Let me, let me know what it is so that I can tell everybody I'm not lying. Huh? Acts 1-3? Or Luke 1-3? Oh. Luke 1-3. This is the second. Acts is actually the second letter. So in, in Luke 1-3, he said, It seemed good to me. It seemed good. It seemed good. Not an angel told me. Not that I had some spectacular revelation. Not that I heard a voice. He said, it seemed good. And you know, many of the leadings of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit is nothing more than it seems good. Everybody say, it seems good. So something can seem good or something can seem not so good. Right? It can seem good or it can not seem good. You know, I've heard it, heard it talked about like this before. Y'all know what the meaning of a traffic light is, right? Do y'all know what the colors mean? Red means what? Green means what? Yellow means what? Go faster. No. <laughs> no, it means, you know, caution. Slow down. Slow down. And so when, when God's leading us, a lot of times it's, man, you got, this, you got this green light. He said that he would lead us with peace. And so you get peace is like that green light. I mean, just, just go. Go. I mean, it's wide open. Go. Uh, that red light is like, you know, if you have peace. But if you have an absence of peace... You know it on the inside. So where there's an absence of peace, God's not on that path. And so if you ever find yourself and you're heading in a direction you have absence of peace, you know what you need to do? You need to do a U-turn. You need to get back on path. You need to get back to where the peace was. You need to go back where, where you, you had the peace. And so, you know, there's been times that I bought cars like this. You know, you, you go in to buy a car, and, man, everything in the natural seems right. I mean, just 72 payments, 72 easy payments. <laughs> 72 easy payments of a house note. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And... And the sales guy, they'll tell you, oh, man, you look good in that car. You look good. And you, you pull up to a traffic light, and everybody look over, oh, that's a nice car. And they look good in that car. And, boy, they, they sell you on that. And you, go and, you, and you wash that baby, and you give it a nickname. You call it honey. <laughs> and you try to have a relationship with that car, right? And uh, in just a, in a few days, you're going, I shouldn't have done that. I, I, I shouldn't have done that. Now you got 72 easy payments. You start, you start thinking about that. Yeah, you start thinking about it. You say, I, I shouldn't have done that. But you knew before you did that. Because you were going to do it. There wasn't peace. Down on the inside, it wasn't that, that velvety, you know, peaceful peace on the inside, it was just, ugh. You know what I'm talking about? Ugh. What is that? That is the absence of the Holy Spirit's witness in your heart. He's not witnessing with you. Now, here's the deal. Luke said, it seemed good to me. It seemed good to me, O oh, excellent Theophilus, to write these things unto you. It seemed good to me. Now, here's the deal. 
you're probably a lot like me. I want what I want. And so a lot of things can seem good to us. So you're not guided by just what seems good to you. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. You don't just go, you, you just don't strictly go on a seems good to you. Because you're waiting on this other witness. You're waiting on this. You, not only do you want it to seem good to you, you want it to seem good to the Holy Ghost too. Matter of fact, Luke said it like that one time. said, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. It's not enough just seems good to you. It's got to seem good to the Holy Spirit too. Let me say it like this. Your seamer needs to be sanctified. You need to have a sanctified seamer. You can, you see, you want something. Just because you want something doesn't need, mean that you need it. Doesn't mean that you should have it. Doesn't mean you should have it right now. If it seems good to you, you're waiting on something else. What are you waiting on? You're waiting on that co-witness. You're waiting on that other witness. You're waiting on the witness of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And you'll know it. Why? Because it'll just be, it'll just be that peace. It, it'll, it'll be that peace. It'll be that, yeah, this is it. And it's not just your soul. And it's not just because you want it. It's because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit. Bearing witness with your spirit. So I, I've given you some information. I need to give you some quick application because here's the deal. If, if you want to be guided by him, and if you want to be guided on the inside, and if your direction is going to come from the inside, you've got to become more aware of your insides. Yes. Tammy and I were on vacation, a little trip this past week, and we were with some other pastors in, in North Carolina, and probably about 10 pastor couples or 10 or 11 pastor couples. And, and uh, we, we, we rented this house and this house had like four stories, beautiful home right on the ocean, North Carolina, and had like four levels. And so the kitchen was on the third level. We were stay, our room was on the first level. So we were up and downstairs all the time, up and downstairs. And yesterday I said, man, why are my calves hurting so bad? My, my, it's like I've been working out and then, I, oh, I've been climbing stairs for a few days. And I became acutely aware of my calf muscles. <laughs> why? I've been working on them. And you have to become aware, you've got to become conscious of not just your thoughts, you've got to become conscious of the inward man. You've got to become conscious and aware of the inward man. And you've got to, be, you've got to become inside-minded, not just outside-minded. And the way that you do that is just like I exercise those calf muscles, you've got to exercise your spirit. And the best way to exercise your spirit, you know, you can praise God and give thanks, you can pray. But one of the greatest ways to exercise your spirit is to confess the word over your life. And so this is what I want you to do. If you want to become inside mind, this is what I want you to do. It's real easy. How many of you do if it's easy? How many of you do if it's not easy? Okay, about the same number of hands. Some of you are not going to do it no matter what, okay? You'll be calling, how did I get myself into this mess? Because you didn't listen. So here, this is what you do. You just, and when I say confess the word, do this about 150 or 200 times a day. So I'm going to have time to do it? Yeah, you'll have time to do it. Instead of run your mouth about all the other stuff, just say this. Just say this. Just walk around saying, I am a spirit. That agrees with the word. I have a soul. That agrees with the word. I live in a physical body. You see, you become aware, more aware of the real you. The real you is a spirit being. Walk around saying this, greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. Walk around and just begin to confess that, that the Holy Spirit lives in me. 
I mean, if that was the only spirit, phrase that you said for about 200 times a day, you'd say, the Holy Spirit lives in me. And when I say confess it 200 times, I don't mean you go, the Holy Spirit lives in me, the Holy Spirit lives in me, the Holy Spirit lives in me, the Holy Spirit lives in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me, the Holy Spirit lives in me, the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> no, just, just, just because the Holy Spirit lives in me. 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 You see, you, you, you just, that's how you confess the word. Right? Begin to em emphasize different words. What's it do? It pulls your mind into it. It pulls your spirit into it. It pulls all your faculties into it. You be, and that's how you meditate on the word. As you meditate on the word, it'll do something on the inside of you. And if you'll confess that, you'll become more aware of him, the guide, on the inside. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you that you're speaking to hearts. I thank you that you're teaching us. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in here who's never given Jesus their whole heart and their whole life, I ask that you would speak to them, draw them to yourself right now. In Jesus' name, every head bowed and every eye closed in here today. If you're here and you've never given Jesus your whole heart and your whole life, you don't know if you were to die today, if you would go to heaven. You can sure know that. The Spirit himself can bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. You can sure know that. And so I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but right there in your seat, right where you are, we're going to pray for you. If you've never given your whole heart and whole life to Jesus, just lift your hand right now. We're going to pray for you. I'm looking across the room. Today's your day. Now's the time. Thank you, sir. I see your hand in the back. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else say, I've never given my whole heart and my whole life to Jesus? Good. All right. All right, let's pray this prayer. I want everybody to pray this prayer, especially uh, that gentleman that lifted your hand. Pray this from your heart. If you should have lifted your hand, but you didn't lift your hand, pray this prayer from your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Fill me. Thrill me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give this gentleman a big hand, all right?